When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of After Impact. I'm your host, Tom Bilyeu, and I am here with none other than the Doctor of Finesse. What's up, Doctor Finesse? How you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you very much. All right, all right, thanks for having me as always. Dude, an absolute pleasure. Jesse had some golden nuggets in his interview. Yeah, so guys, After Impact, this is where we dive into the, we unpack the impact of the main show, Impact Theory. Today we're gonna be talking about Jesse Itzler. This dude was amazing. When I say that I like this guy on like a human level, I really dug this guy. I dig his books, I dig everything about him. He was a lot of fun to be around. Oh yeah, he's definitely good people. He, um, it's funny because, you know, I'd seen him before uh, and doing the research on him, you know, I, I had even seen him with the beard. But still, when he showed up, it surprised me. Uh, you would never think for a second that this is a guy who's an entrepreneur, yeah. uh, who's a billionaire. Uh, not that you have to have a look, but of course, we've talked about it below uh, before. You're into the high-low fashion. Mm. Uh, and he showed up. Uh, got it. I guess in some ways you could look at it as high-low or just low. Right. Like he... Uh, Way casual. Very casual. He looked like a Vietnam war vet. He had this big <laughs> satchel on his back, and he goes, sorry, I'm late. I just came straight from the airport. We were sitting on the tarmac forever, and it wasn't even that late. We're like, no, that's fine. And he goes, I just need to uh, uh, just uh, change really quickly. And I'm, I'm trying to remember what he did differently, because there really wasn't much. I think the only thing he did was put on, like, a headband to, like, keep his hair up, and right. that's it. But I expected him to change into... Uh, you know, I don't know. It's not like he wasn't presentable, but I, to me, it was mad respect for him to walk out and be like, I'm ready. And he looked exactly Dude, the same. Here, he here's a lesson from the world of entrepreneurship. The person who is the most successful is usually the one that's dressed the most casually. Oh, really? Because they don't have to fucking care. <laughs> it, and I remember I used to roll up to meetings in like a suit and I would like text my partners like crazy, like, what are you guys wearing? What, what should I wear? Do uh -huh. I need to like dress really nice? And then as we got more successful, I just stopped caring. <laughs> it's because I knew in any like meeting or whatever, I'm gonna deliver value. Yeah. And so no matter how I roll up to this meeting, even if I'm what we used to call the blue jeans kid, yeah. even if I'm the blue jeans kid, like I'm gonna, I'll deliver value like 100%. And so some of the fun as you get more and more successful is like seeing what you can get away with. <laughs> yeah. Like just being, and it's like in the social network, the movie, yeah. when he tells Zuckerberg to wear his pajamas to oh, the VC right. meeting. Yes, yes. And it's like, it gets to a point where people want something from you so badly that you really can dress however you want. Now, this is a guy, his level of success is just absurd. Yeah. And so it's like, he didn't have to give a shit. <laughs> And so, but, but there's no like um, FU in it, right? No. He's, he's just rolling up. He is who he is, super casual dude, exactly. way laid back, really engaging. Uh -huh. And like, not to sound stupid, but like, I want to be friends with him. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, he's no. just so chill. Yeah. He's so chill, super smart. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed it. I love that he can be like, I'm just going to dress how I'm I just going to roll up. This is how I am. I just, just got off a plane. And his bag wasn't even. 
Again, it wasn't like Sansonite, or what, what is that the name of the luggage? Is that Samsonite? The name? Sansonite, yeah, yeah. It's like in the movie, slappy, yeah. slippy. <laughs> exactly. No, instead, I mean, it was a straight up, I mean, I don't even, I can't even describe it. It was like a satchel, like a big old over his back, and he had it over his shoulder, and he just rolled up like that. And I was like, man, this is wonderful. I love seeing that. No pretext. And, and again, yeah, and again, I mean, to your point about the most, uh, you know, important person in the room, uh, I guess it reminds me of Steve Jobs always wearing the black turtleneck. Mm. He had a bunch of men and, and women in blue jeans, yeah. And everyone else was in a suit looking all uptight, and he was just hanging out with white, clunky Zach Morris sneakers, blue jeans, and a black turtleneck. He's like, I'm Steve Jobs. What are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Um, so Jesse, uh, and this seems to be the theme of the interview, he says, uh, experience takes too long. Experience Dude, I love that you're starting there. I thought that was so interesting. Mm-hmm. And so this goes along with my whole notions of fuck patience. Like, even when you're going uh, all right out, mm-hmm. even when you're going all out, this stuff takes forever. Now, you have to play the long game. But I love that he's saying that. Like, going and getting the traditional amount of experience, going and doing things in the traditional way, like, I just, he doesn't have the patience mm-hmm. for it. And so what I love in his story is how far you can leap ahead. And, and... Let me see if I can capture this. People may think that this is weird that these are tied in my mind, but so um, Michael Strahan and I went to look at a $250 million house, right? And I, Christopher, I'm walking Wait, to this house. What? I didn't I'm, know this. What? No. Where is this house? Oh my God. Mars? It's here. It, no, no, no. It's here in LA. <laughs> it is. And so Strahan knows everybody, dude. He, he is one of the most likable human beings I've Very ever met likable. in my life. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, he knows that I'm into architecture. He's like, oh, let me take you. I know this guy, builds this $250 million house. He's like, I've got to see it for myself. You should come with. So we go <laughs> and we look at this house. And when we leave, the punchline for us was, literally, we both said, there's levels to this shit. Like, we, it's ironic, right? Because I live in this crazy, like, yeah. mansion, all that. But when you see this house, I was like, all right, that's a house. So, and I know, like, I can't hang with that. I can't drop $250 million on a house. Uh-huh. So I was like, this house is, is so inspiring to me of, like, how many levels above where I'm at that it yeah. is. But as we walked out, neither of us can throw that kind of bank on it. But we're like, I want to get back to work. And that was our mm. response. It wasn't like, oh, this is forever out of reach or, you know, it's easy enough for some people. Mm. Oh, somebody got lucky and they can afford. We were both like, it's time to get back to work, right? Like, and, and that we believed that we could do it. And when I hear Jesse's story of he flies private for the first time mm-hmm. and his response is, oh, let's start a jet company <laughs> because he wants to fly like that more yeah. often. He doesn't think, oh my God, I'm so sad. I'll never be able to do this. His response is it's time to get to work. Which 99.999% of people would be like, oh, this is nice. When will I do this again? When will I be able to do this again? If (laughs) I could just get people to realize that that response, how you respond to something that is so terrifyingly out of reach will define the rest of Mm -hmm. your life. If in that moment you go, Okay, I need to figure out a way. No bullshit, what would it take? I guess I I could start a company. What would that look like? Okay, the one thing that we don't have, we don't have planes. Like most people, they hear that and they just laugh. And when he said it, I I loved it so much because he says it so nonchalantly in the interview. So we've got this idea, we're gonna start a jet company because we wanna fly like that all the time. It's amazing. The only problem is we don't have any jets. But he's like, he's not doing it for comedic (laughs) effect. Yeah. And so then they have to figure out how do we go and get jets? Oh my God, 
The fact that he does that, it reminds me of that Richard Branson story where Richard Branson is flying back from somewhere, I don't remember where, <clears throat> and they cancel his flight. And he's just like, this is ridiculous. And so he's going to have to stay overnight. Instead of staying overnight, <laughs> he goes, how much would it cost to charter an entire airplane? He gets the answer and he walks around to everybody that was on the flight and says, whatever, for $200, you can jump on um, this plane that I just chartered and fly back with me. And that's how Virgin um, Airlines started. I don't think I knew that. Dude, it, it, is, it is such a rad story. And there's no difference between Jesse Itzler, between Richard Branson and the people listening to this. And it's funny because you and I talked about this before. We actually have a clip of you and I talking about... Um, this very thing, like how 70%, I think, of all billionaires are self-made. Oh, yeah. And that the reason that people become a self-made billionaire is because they allow themselves to believe that they can. They allow themselves to believe that there's no difference between them and the other people who have become billionaires. Same thing that Steve Jobs said, right? Like mm -hmm. the things in the world that you see were created by people no smarter than you. Once you really let that sink in, and that isn't saying you're smarter than you think. You're just as dumb as you think you are. <laughs> but the whole world is built by people just as dumb as you. Mm -hmm. And when you can hear that and go, oh, okay, well then it's not my level of intellect that holds me back. It is my perspective that the place from which I view the world and what is possible, that's what's holding me back. So if your flight gets canceled and you're like, oh, damn it, I have to go stay in a hotel, then you're gonna stay in a hotel. And that's how you think of it. If on the other hand, you're like, well, I'm gonna go find out how much the hotel costs, or sorry, how much the plane would cost to rent, then that determines the direction of your life. It doesn't mean that every time you run into a problem that you start a company. You may look at the realities of it and go, I'm not interested in that. But the impulse to say, I could do this if I chose to, to go down the path of figuring out what's the reality of this, and then make your decisions based on that. That is the difference. Like, that's the juice. That's the thing. The very thing that I'm trying to give everybody watching and listening to this right now is that. That when you hit an obstacle, think only, what does the solution look like? What is the solution to this? That's the whole point of the no bullshit, mm -hmm. what would it take? Mm -hmm. Is stop thinking about what's easy, what you've done in the past, and start asking yourself, what would it actually take? Yeah. You know, it's crazy. I think the majority of the world um, is on the other end of that. They don't think of solutions. They're not problem solvers. You know, it's, um, I don't know if it's fear or just complacency. What do you think that is? It is, it is one thing and one thing only. They have not been taught to walk through a process of figuring out what it would take. Mm. And this is the thing that drives me nuts. You've seen me do this before. Like, this is me externalizing my soul, when someone's reaction is negativity, pointing out what we would have to do to overcome that, I, I want to, th I, the video, I want to defecate on the floor, <laughs> snatch it up in a handful, and fling it around the room. Yeah. I'm like, what? Guys, the, we, by focusing on negativity, you will never overcome this problem. Yeah. So I get it. At some point, we're going to have to deal with the logistics. Don't fucking start there. Mm. Just figure out what is the path. What's the path to solving this problem? Then we can back into an easier path. But don't start at what is easy. Don't start at what is plausible. Don't start at what makes sense. Start only with what would actually work. Once you know what would actually work, 
then you can start backing into, okay, well that would take, that solution would take a lot of people, uh, too many, that one would cost mm. a lot. Like, and you start going, okay, how do I get down the path with the resources of people that I have access to, but that would actually work, which is exactly how at Impact Theory we have ended up with, we're starting in comics, right? Because yeah. what we ultimately want to be doing is making the $100 million film, mm-hmm. right? Like, I know that's what the massive populace, that's what they respond to. That's how we're going to be able to tell stories that just, they mean something to people on an emotional level. But I knew, okay, I have to back into that because if I go and do a $100 million film and it tanks, we're done. We're out of business. So that doesn't make sense. But because I started from what I know would work, that I know at scale, I could give people an empowering mindset. So, okay, well then work backwards to how do we get to that? How do we step into that? And that's how you start a comics. You start with partnering with Hollywood agencies so that you're giving ideas rather than just the funding. And so you can fail a lot and like figure this out and build the relationships and all that. But it starts from, I know what the solution looks like. It doesn't start from, what can I do today? And so once people train themselves to do that process of every roadblock they hit, to ask, not why me, why does it have to be so hard, but only mm-hmm. how can I solve this problem? You know, it's funny, uh, Jesse is clearly a problem solver and he, as I was watching uh, the interview again, I kept thinking, wow, he MacGyvered his success. <laughs> 100%. He completely MacGyvered his success. And, uh, and he even said it, going back to your point of, you know, we're all as dumb as we think we are. Uh, he mentioned his SAT scores. Uh, yeah. That guy actually had the line when he uh, proposed the idea of, um, uh, you know, the jet idea, the private jet idea. He was like, you guys, why would I even, you know, even give this opportunity to you guys with your SAT scores? Whatever, right. I'm saying it, you know, I'm paraphrasing it. Uh, but, you know, he even says it without saying it. He didn't have the best SAT score. He wasn't the smartest guy in the room. But he's very resourceful. Uh, he is a problem solver, tackles obstacles. And um, to me, I, I found that truly amazing. And as we're going along and as we're dealing with a lot of these people who come on the show, successful folks, I've, and as you talk about yourself and just even what you just said now, it's not just about being the smartest guy in the room. You can become the smartest guy in the room, but you got to figure out how to you know, look beyond the problem and see the end game, the bigger picture, and then get there. And I, and I, and I love that. And Clearly, that's what he's done. <laughs> I used to be so embarrassed about my SAT scores. I never wanted anybody to ask. Really? So I got a 990. Okay. I took it twice. Uh-huh. So that's the combined score. Oh, so really? any one time, I actually did worse than that, which is super terrifying. And <laughs> when you start believing that you can get better, mm-hmm. and that's the real breakthrough. When you start believing, okay, I'm not like that natural intelligence. I don't like... Whatever it is, like I grew up with um, one kid in particular who was just, he was so smart. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. And when I, when I would watch how fast he would understand something and how he could think through the different permutations and angles mm-hmm. so rapidly, I was like, it just, it made me feel badly about myself. Mm-hmm. That's the honest answer. It made me feel stupid. And then just as I got older, I was just constantly around people that were smarter and smarter and smarter. And I was just like, wow, this really makes me feel badly about myself. And so... It wasn't until I was able to push through that and say, I'm just going to focus on learning. And when I started focusing on learning and instead of valuing myself for being smart or being right, that I could find the right answer, that I could learn enough about a subject to know what made sense and to what might actually work and that 
that really is the superpower that every human has, which is that you can learn, mm -hmm. you can get better. Mm -hmm. And not everybody is gonna be, and the easy one for people to understand is like basketball, okay? Not everyone is gonna be able to make it to the NBA. I'm fully aware of that. Yeah. But the distance that you can travel from where you start, you can become extraordinary, even if you don't play in the NBA. Mm. So the question is, do you care enough about this thing to become extraordinary at it? Don't worry if you become one of the top 500 on the planet, mm -hmm. right? Do you love it enough to become truly extraordinary? Yeah. You will be shocked at how much of the world opens up to you, whether or not you become the number one. For me, it's fun to strive for that, and yeah. I love thinking about that, because it really shows you how hard you have to push and all that so that you don't settle for mediocrity just because you think that's all that you're capable of. So I go fucking crazy when people are like, well, I can never be the best in the world and so you don't even try? Like, I don't <laughs> understand. So whether you have like natural innate talent or not, the distance that you can travel will dazzle the vast majority of humanity. So once you're able to buy into that, that I can get better, then like how smart you were, what your SAT scores are, none of that matters because you're able to deliver a result for people. And like if, if people could just understand that, the only thing that matters, like if you, you wanna look behind the curtain for a second, mm -hmm. the only thing that really matters, if you really wanna be successful, can you give something that somebody wants for their own selfish reasons? Yes or no? Mm. And if you can, you'll get wealthy. And mm. if you can't, you won't, period. But it all comes down to the only thing you can count on it's not the only thing you'll experience, but the only thing that you can count on from other people is selfishness. People will always do what makes them feel good. They will always avoid what makes them feel bad. That is the nature of the human animal. Mm. So if mm. you can make a product that people want, they will buy it. If you can make them feel something about themselves, then they will watch your content, for instance, right? Mm. So I knew, I remember everybody telling me when I was starting Inside Quest, why are you doing that? It's, it's done. Like The people that are gonna be big are already doing it, period. You don't mm. know what you're doing, you've never done this before, and I just said, there's always room for the best. Yeah. So I just <laughs> have to amazing. become the best. Uh -huh. Okay, great. Well, then I know what my mission is. Mm -hmm. So if people can just embrace that notion of, doesn't matter where I'm at today, it just matters where I wanna go, and if where I wanna go delivers a lot of value to people, and I'm willing to pay the price to be able to do that, whether it's a product or a service or whatever, then I can generate wealth, period. Hmm. Well, God, with Jesse, it's, it's funny. Um, there's a valuable lesson in something he said for me, and it's something uh, that people have started doing in the film industry, and I mean, they've been doing it for a long while, but a lot of people are doing this even more so, and I'm sure in all types of industries. When he tried to sell the idea of what he wanted to do with um, the jet company, uh, the PowerPoint clearly wasn't going to work. It wasn't going to get through to them, so he actually did a focus group, of course, with some affluent friends, but he actually brought in a fo focus group. Into the meeting. Into the meeting. And um, I, I guess I want to discuss with you, uh, talk about the advantage of uh, showing over telling. A, Christopher, it's so important. So, so, so important. And B, there's a part of this story that goes along with that that I really want people to see. And that is, you've got to do something memorable. You've got to do, the word I always use is extraordinary. You've mm. got to do something that would just leave people like <clears throat> startled. <clears throat> One thing, if, if I didn't have a mission in life and know exactly what I want to make come true in my life, this is something I fantasized about a lot because it, it is true to me that I want for other people's success. I really enjoy that. And when people argue for their limitations, 
it actually pisses me off. And I think part of it is because I argued for my limitations for so long mm. and to see how detrimental that was to my emotional health. Forget mm. about money. Yeah. To my emotional health, it was catastrophic. And so when I'll post something and people are like, in fact, today, I posted something like everybody um, who like really brings on extraordinary skills in their life has had to suffer. And somebody wrote, really? Everyone? Everybody? <laughs> And I was like, oh my God, like you actually took the time to type that. Yeah. Like you spent the brain cycles to push back, <laughs> not on whether cycles. or not, like as a general rule, it's true. You want to back me into a corner because you know a guy who was like the Bo Jackson, right? Who, <laughs> who just like was fucking great. And Bo Jackson's like, yeah, I've never had to work hard. I've never had to practice hard. I don't have to work in the gym. I'm just fucking naturally <laughs> gifted. And I can play two sports. Okay, great. Like, what do you want me to say to that? Like, why, why are you wasting energy? Oh, so anyway, getting to this notion of doing something that's really extraordinary. Uh -huh. Like, he, he doesn't go in and um, think, oh, well, I just have to be good enough. Or, mm. um, you know, I want to make sure that I'm what they expect. He was like, I'm going to fucking blow their hair back. <laughs> I'm going to melt their brain. Their brain is going to leak out of their ears a little because I'm going to roll up with their actual potential customers. Uh -huh, yeah. And I'm going to say, these guys <laughs> would buy this product. Uh -huh. And they're going to be so freaked out that he was able to get those guys in the room yeah. with their minds will blow. So this is the thing that I, that I want to do. If I didn't have my mission, what I would do is I would go and... Um, get a job somewhere and I would do one of two things. Either I would go for a crazy high position that like I don't have experience in mm -hmm. so that I don't have the resume and I would show people how you interview. Mm -hmm. Because dude, there is a way where literally I would show up with a resume that like just made no sense, didn't help. I would get that fucking interview. And uh -huh. then I would freak them out with how much I knew about them, their company. <laughs> Christopher, do you, like, when you think about what I can do with like eight to 12 hours with the research uh -huh. for a guest, where the guest is like, what yeah. the hell? Yeah. Like, imagine what I would do if my livelihood depended on getting that job. Yeah. Just, sure. just for the interview, I would break down a plan of what I would do for them for like six months. None of the like, oh, well the first month I'm gonna spend my yeah. time getting to know what you really need. That <laughs> drives me nuts. I would come with a for real six month plan. I would actually understand what that company need, needed to do and I would show them how I am the person that's going to execute against that. They would be so freaked out by how much work I did just for the interview that like 100% I'm gonna move on. And then I'm convinced that I'd never be able to get every job but I'd be able to get a lot of fucking jobs. <laughs> and so I want people to see like going that extra mile, like not even the extra mile, go the extra marathon. Yeah. And the one that drives me nuts is when people are like, I'm not gonna do all that work for an interview. <laughs> Oh my God. Like, who are you fighting against? It's just funny because most people would say that, you know? Do you know how many times I've heard that? Yeah. Do you know ev every time without fail that I've interviewed people? No one ever does this. It's so obvious. And it's, oh God, I don't understand. Like, I don't know if it's that people, they don't even know what job they really want. And so it's like they're applying at any company. Like, I would go for the company that I really wanted to mm -hmm. work for and I would dazzle them. Yeah. Dazzle them. Yeah. I could go on this, I could keep going on this tirade because doing the extraordinary, going that far is why Jesse is as successful as it. it's not because he's smart. It's because he put together a focus group. Yeah. And and he knows to do things that like that. That blew my mind when he said that. I was like, wait, you did what? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, you scrapped the PowerPoint. You're like, no, you know what? I'm gonna put together a focus group to tell them 
who their customers will be, what's wrong with what they do. It just, it just blew my mind. Can we tell like, a Dr. Finesse story? Sure. So for those that don't know, Dr. Finesse books all of our guests, which is not an easy job. Mm-hmm. And you were saying the other day, like there's, there's these people on the list you've been really trying to get mm. at. They verbally agreed to come on the show, but like we just can't pin them down. And so you're like, oh, I'm fucking kicking down doors. I am literally going <laughs> to crash their parties. So he finds out where they're going to be and rolls up. It's absolutely amazing. And I thought, and that's why you're you. That's why you're the doctor of finesse. That is why we always have amazing people sitting in that seat because you're not stopping. Most people, Christopher, they send an email, they send two, they send three, and they think, dude, I've been like, I followed up, I've been way hardcore, and they think they've done something special. Man, you haven't done something. And like, I'm not even giving you the due credit because like you were driving to one location. They call you up and say, oh, actually, he's not even going to be there. You're going to have to drive like another hour. And so, but you're just like, okay. And you keep going. You finally end up there. And then you have the smarts to play where it's not knock, knock, buy this. It's you sit down, you talk, you show that you know them, you understand them. And then, oh, hey, as you're getting up and parting ways and you've just had this amazing conversation with this incredible person, then you're like, I work for this show and you've built up so much credibility and you only do this with people that have already said yes. But I mean, long story short, when somebody's saying yes, they probably don't even know what the show is yet. And like, so, but the fact that you do all of that and then go, oh, and by the way, I'm on the show and you know, your um, team hopefully has told you about it and you know, blah, blah, blah. But I just thought that's why you win. So yeah, I'm glad you found value in that. It's uh, something uh, that I've decided to do. There's so many um, middlemen when it comes to notable folks, and sometimes you just got to get out there and get to the person themselves. And of course, it wasn't stalking. I just wanted to sit down with them and have a great conversation, a person-to-person conversation, and and it ended up being a great conversation in the particular case that I told you about. And I walked away, and we both smiled, and uh, you actually gave each other a hug, and that was that. We went on our way. So that's amazing. Yeah. So um, I believe it, it did the trick. <laughs> we'll see. But either way, somewhere down the line, it, it's it's going to work out. So awesome. I'm happy I did it. You and I both. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Jesse talks about this throughout uh, you guys' conversation, but he talked about building a network and the value of networking. And same thing with the NetJets, a president and Christina Aguilera, uh, you know, getting her daughter on stage at the concert. Mm. And he didn't cash in right away, you know. And, and you hear this from anyone who talks about networking. It's, uh, you know, um, dig the well before I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get that wrong. Actually, I'm not going to say that one. But pretty much uh, you just kind of wait to cash in. You just mm. build a relationship. And then later on down the line, you may need that person or they may need you. And people find value in that type of sensibility when you, when it's organic, you know what I mean? So, uh, so in the meantime, instead of waiting for opportunities, he continues and continues and continues to build his network. And it kind of reminds me of what we're doing here with Impact House and our alumni. It's in a sense, building a network. And instead of being right away, like, Hey, let's do this. or, Or sometimes you can do that, but whatever. It's just when the opportunity's right, but the more and more you build this network, mm. uh, the more opportunities grow. And I love that about Jesse, and he mentions it. He is creating opportunities as he goes along the way. He has a, an actual list of people. Yeah, <laughs> that he the Hot holds. 50, I think? Yes, the Hot it? 50. Yeah. That's nuts. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, so I guess I wanted to get your um, input on building a network. Yeah, I'll just tell you, it is not everything, but it is so damn close 
that you might as well treat it like it's everything. <laughs> and I am very sad that I didn't realize that. And it took me a very long time to really come to understand that I need to, because I'm introverted by nature, so mm. I like being alone. I don't mm. like going out. Um, I, yeah, but it's, it's so powerful to make friends before you need them and to be valuable to people and to, to just be a rad part of their life, even if it's not like a daily thing. But to, you know, there's the people in our lives that are um, really close friends, the people that like you just share with. And then there's people that are friends and then there's like strong acquaintances, mm -hmm. right? And so being <clears throat> a strong acquaintance to a lot of people is ultra powerful. Mm. And when you're doing it because you don't actually need anything right now, like you're just doing it because you know that like, like you said, and you said it so perfectly, they may need you or you may need them. Mm -hmm. And if you can love the thought of someone else needing you, someone that you've spent time investing with them as a person, it's like, whoa, I actually get to be valuable to them. Like, yeah. I feel good about that. Then it's like, that's when you build this robust network of people that you enjoy being around, you enjoy helping, they're able to help you, you guys are able to create something together. It doesn't need to be this like gross, like, I need to get something yeah. from you to open a door. <laughs> it's like, let's really build something together. Yeah. I have the chills right now. Yeah. And when you're building something with people that you care about, even if it's not like your closest, closest friends, but you're building something with people that you care about that you're hopefully actually able to be useful to them. Them, that's when it gets really, really cool. And you have to be a collector of great people. Mm. Like that's, that's how you do this. So if you combine like going the extra mile, doing the extraordinary things with, you've got a deep network of people who they can tell you didn't befriend them because you needed anything. Um, you weren't just because this is now becoming a part of all this that, and I don't know a way around it, because it's good to say it, but like you've really got to put yourself in people's lives enough to back it up, which is what can I do for you? So everybody says that now. It's like in the influencer game, behind the camera, everybody's saying that to each other. Like, oh man, like I'm here to serve. Let me know how I can help and all that. And that is rad and it comes mm -hmm. from a great place. But the ones that are really special are the ones that like, they're paying attention to what you do. Mm. They're looking for an opportunity to help. Mm. They're not just putting it on you and saying, tell me when I can yeah. be useful. Like they're really trying to like actually be useful. And if you, the person who has done this more extraordinarily in my life than anyone else, Jordan Harbinger, that motherfucker. <laughs> Dude, when I say we didn't even know each other, uh -huh. we had never met. And that guy was like, I like what you're doing. I've been paying attention. I want to help you get this guest, this guest, this guest, and this guest. Like, not what guests do you want? Here are the five people I think yeah. that would be perfect fits for your show. I'd like to help get them on. Just, I want to know for sure that you want them. But if you do, I'm going to help you. And then I think I can get you on these podcasts, which I think would be amazing exposure for you. And I was like, that's, wait, that's Jordan amazing. Harbinger, the guy from The Art of Charm? Yeah. I was like, I don't know you. Why are you like yeah. being so amazingly thoughtful? Uh -huh. Because they were actually amazing guests. They were the right podcast yeah. for me to go on. I was like, wow, man. And I realized like that was the real value. He didn't just ask me like how, hey, let me know how I can yeah. help. <laughs> exactly. And I am the most guilty person. And I really mean it when I say it. Yeah. But like the really useful thing is tell me exactly what you have that can help me. That, man, I was just so moved by that. And so that is like, 
legitimate way to build a network. So when he relaunched and stopped doing the Art of Charm, which by the way, Jordan Harbinger now does the Jordan Harbinger show, right. which I'm saying that now because he has been so good to me that like I want to bend over backwards to help him out. That's amazing. And so when he did the rebrand, I was like, dude, if you want to come <laughs> on the show, I would have you on in a heartbeat. Let's talk about your rebrand. And he was like, man, that would be amazing. He didn't ask. Like, uh, That's great. so smart. So like doing that, like humans like good humans, yeah. like do cool shit for people, do cool shit for people. Yeah. Like that's the key long before you need something yeah. so that they don't smell it on you because it's really not there. You're yeah. not looking for anything. And it was like a year later for uh, Jesse. He took the guy's daughter and put her on stage at the Christina Aguilera concert a whole year before he, you know, it, it, before it came up where he could uh, use that person in his network. Right. It's absolutely amazing. Um, Jesse also said something that I loved. He said, Jesse said, uh, Jesse said, once you get over the fear of being embarrassed, you're more apt to take chances. Um, to me, that was huge because I don't think it's just fear with a lot of people, uh, not taking chances. I think a lot of people are afraid to be embarrassed. They're afraid to ask questions or present an idea or put themselves out there. I mean, Jesse clearly has zero ounce of embarrassment. The fact that uh, he built exposure for his company by going to a TED Talk because he figured, this is my audience. I'm going to buy up all these muffins That's in so Starbucks good. and sell these muffins, these same muffins outside of Starbucks on the corner where all these affluent people are coming in and out. To me, that's embarrassing. I would never do that. Someone was like, let's do that. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't do that. What if I see some, someone I know and I, suddenly I'm the muffin man? But... For him, that's, again, it goes back to even what Naveen Jain always says. It's like having a crazy idea where people are just thinking, you know, it's, I absolutely love that. Uh, so I guess if my question to you is, what are your thoughts on that? And if you could think of a situation where you just kind of put yourself in uh, a commonly embarrassed situation but prevailed. Yeah, definitely. So um, point of clarity, he was giving the muffins away. Oh, that's right. So that's he, right. he bought them all and then he heard them. someone try to order it. He'd be like, oh man, hey, I that's have this right. other muffin if you want it. I just, oh, so brilliant. Yeah. Uh, but way embarrassing and most people are yeah, definitely not exactly. going to do that. You're still um, the muffin man. Uh, yeah. So one thing that I did when we were first selling Quest Bars and nobody knew who we were, uh -huh. we were at um, trade shows for bodybuilders and fitness competitors and all of them said, um, I don't eat protein bars. And so I was like, all right, give me a bunch of them. I stood out in the aisle. So instead of you know hiding back behind the booth, I stood out in the aisle and I started carnival barking. And just being like, <laughs> people would be walking by. If I saw a guy with a great physique, I would point at him and I'd be like, you, you've got to try this. And just like going, now I'm an introvert, dude. Uh -huh. So like that made me so uncomfortable. But like, I was so... I, one, I so believed in the product uh -huh. and I knew like, if you try this, you are going to go bananas for it. And then two was like, this, this company is going to succeed. So if I've got to embarrass myself, it doesn't matter. I'm going to get out there and do it and just go ham. I mean, you have to. <laughs> um, so yeah, being willing to like step way outside of your comfort zone is, is the only way that it happens. Plus if it's outside of your comfort zone, it's probably outside of most people's comfort yeah. zones, which means nobody else is playing there. Yeah. So like I That's was true. telling the, when we did the, um, the trade show for impact theory comics, um, I was like, we didn't have, we didn't actually have a book. So long story, we thought we would by then we didn't. <laughs> um, and so I was like, you guys <clears throat> will be embarrassed to see what I'm like when we actually have a book because I will go bananas. <laughs> I will stand out in the aisle 
I will carnival bar you. <laughs> Anybody that goes uh, by is going to know what we're about, 100%. Wow. That's funny. Uh, so Jesse's relationship with time also comes back to, we talked about this earlier, and you alluded to it, and we've talked about this before, um, about uh, patience and fuck patience. Uh, it's funny. It's gotten to the point where I'm even afraid to tell someone to be patient. Because I, when you really do think about it, being patient, you're just waiting on something that's just never going to yes. happen. It, it, it's, really, it's really crazy. And I think it's a safe zone for many people. And I, I, I can't remember if you said it or if he said it, but the concept of urgency. I mean, was, that's just slapping some words together, but it sounded great to me, the concept mm. of urgency. Um, so is patient stagnation? I mean, I know your answer, but I wanted you to weigh in on that again. Yeah, here's the thing, man. Look. I, I get why people say be patient, but what I think they really mean is play the long game. And don't like, don't be gross, don't f go for the clothes right now. But what, what ends up happening is people don't wanna go hard for something, they don't wanna think of yet another creative solution, they don't wanna face yet another failure, they don't wanna take another at bat. And so what they do to soothe themselves is they say, I just need to be patient. And I get it. And patience, like if I told myself to be patient in the quiet of my own mind, I would know what I meant, which is you still have to go all out every day, look for another thing, but you just have to play the long game. Like it wasn't easy for me to decide to start the studio because I know, Christopher, for us to, to um, really be Disney, it's going to take 50 years. I mean, it's going to take a long time, man. And so to really say like, I'm committing to this for that long of a period of time. So when I look at, we still, we've been in business for almost 18 months and we still don't have an international blockbuster, Christopher. <laughs> like, you know, so I'm playing the long game. I can't like get in a twist, which by yeah. the way, I want to, because I've so trained myself to be impatient to go, 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 go. So you can't let that be destructive either. But I, I just promise you the, the, P word that kills 99.9999999% of entrepreneurs is patience mm. because it, it gives them the excuse to back off. And mm. so, and I will invite, so the, the king of be patient is Gary Vaynerchuk. Mm. Look at how Gary moves. That, that guy's all out every day. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, he, he, I think he said he schedules something like 16 hours a day. Mm. Schedules. Schedules. Okay. That's crazy. That's pure insanity. So, <laughs> Gary's yeah, saying it in, in a way that like I totally get what he yeah, means. Yeah. So like I love Gary the most I, as a, just a person. I enjoy my time with him. But I will tell you right now what people hear is death. <laughs> and and they, they take it in the wrong way. And that is why I'm so fucking aggressive. And so Jesse to me, it, it just embodies it perfectly. It's like you've only got so many. Um, he kept saying in, in the That's interview. Right. So he has a dark summers. way of looking at it. He does. By the way, did you see the guest that I sent to you in Slack? Uh, the woman. Yeah. Yes. So I'm really interested in this whole notion of how people deal with um, mourning, with loss, like grief. And because while I truly do want to live forever, and I really do hope that comes true, and anybody who like thinks somehow that robs life of its meaning, I do not understand them in the slightest. And yet, I know that I may die. Oh my God, I haven't told you this story. So just recently, I, I won't say where, but just recently I was doing a speaking event and um, it just ended up being, it was a great relationship with everybody and the team was really intimate, really small. And um, one of the people there got diagnosed with stage four mm. triple negative breast cancer. Oh, God. And they hit me up and they were like, hey, can you just like 
connect with her. And I reach out to her and I had just spoken to her mm. and spent quite a bit of time with her. And so it was like really real to me. And I thought, and that's how fast it happens. She's 32. Cool. That's how fast it happens. From a few weeks ago, I'm with her. She's on top of the world, having a great time. She's killing it at her job, Ugh. loves her job, loves the people. And then all of a sudden it's stage four, triple negative. Yeah. And so I'm like, that's real for all of us. Yeah. That each one of us, we don't know how much time we have. Yeah. And so, and look, she may crush it and beat it. And, and man, she better have her head only in that place. Yeah. But like the reality is none of us know. We don't know. Yeah, when Jesse first mentioned that about he looks at it by counting the summers, I was like, man, that's dark. That's <laughs> awful. How could you live like that? But then as he described it more and it made you think about it, it made sense. And suddenly the word patience became the worst word on the planet of the earth. I kept thinking like, man, I mean, when you think of it that way, it's really crazy. You got to move at light speed. You got to move at light speed and more way, 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 way more important. You've got to love what you do. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and dude, I got hit up today in the DM by this woman. And I get this a lot. Tom, please help me. I'm in hell, right? Like all of these like boom, boom, <laughs> yeah, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. And then it's like, you know, I try to get myself to do something and I just can't. Like the response they're expecting is like this really motivational, like you got this. You can mm -hmm. do it. Like set an alarm, like get after. My response is slow down. Learn to enjoy your life. Find joy. You're, you're somewhere right now where you have access to the internet. Mm -hmm. Like you're able to DM me. So mm -hmm. this isn't like, you know, you're in a third world country somewhere with a distended belly, right? Yeah, like yeah. we got a lot to be thankful here. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like <laughs> the fact that you're either on a computer holding a phone, like uh -huh. that is, that's, pure insanity. It would seem like black magic if I went back 300 years and gave a king <laughs> or queen this phone and said, you can yeah. reach anyone on the planet that has one of these. Yeah. They'd be like, what? <laughs> like that would seem like pure insanity. And yet we find ways to so focus on what we don't have that we're not getting enough accomplished, all that. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa running hard in any direction mm -hmm. when you haven't been able to find joy in your life, yeah. like that's, that's just going to further feed into that destructive thing. And that's why, dude, when I say that I work as hard as I work, that if I'm awake, I'm either working or working out, all of that, none of that makes sense if that robs energy for me. Mm -hmm. None of that makes sense if it's not intensely pleasurable. Mm -hmm. None of that makes sense if I'm not working around people that I really care about. Like for real, I, you'll never be, no one will ever believe that you're being honest right now, even me, but I want I hope to the core of your being, you know, I care about you as a person. Mm -hmm. So even if you left, so care about you as a mm -hmm. person. I would still want good things for you as a person. Mm. And being around that, knowing that people are like, how can I help? Like, yeah. And in fact, there have been times, have I not offered you very specific oh, things? Yeah. You never fucking yeah. take me up on it, which drives me nuts. Yeah, it's true though, yeah. Like, where it's I'm legit. like, not like, hey, if I can help them. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I want to do this. Yeah, yeah, it's so, true. That's a, yeah. Like, we're, we're in this charmed moment here at Impact mm -hmm. Theory, and I'm so desperate for everyone to recognize mm -hmm. that we're in this beautiful phase where we're small. Mm -hmm. And we can know what each other's going through, and we can really lean on each other, and we can support each other. Anyway, this is a long way of saying, I do all of that 
because I have all of that beauty mm. around the thing that I'm going that ham for. That's great. Um, so Mr. Sarah Blakely. Yes, that was Mr. hilarious. Mr. Sarah Blakely, that was hilarious. And Jesse talks about Sharon, um, the same success with his wife. Uh, Sarah Blakely, uh, the founder and CEO yeah. of Spanx. Um, and he says it's a key component to marriage. Uh, I mean, uh, we have a couple minutes, so I don't want to have one more after this, but I know well, I'll, that's I'll speed round. It. Yeah. That's something that you and Lisa have talked about, uh, immensely. And you guys talk about it with us as a staff and you talk about it, uh, during relationship theory. So I wanted to get your take on that. Cultivate within yourself a real love of seeing someone you care about shine. Start there. And then hopefully you can get to the point where even people that you don't necessarily care about, you'd like to see them shine. Mm -hmm. If you can do that, if you can legitimately enjoy seeing somebody else shine, your life will be immeasurably better. There's mm. so much joy in that. Yeah. Because it's just not always going to be your time to shine. Yeah. And there's nothing more gross than somebody that needs to be the one shining mm. all the time. So I know a lot of relationships like that. Oh, and it's crazy. Dude, so I, it's gnarly. so crazy. I can't believe they exist. Yeah. But I mean, but it's a lot of, there are a lot of relationships uh, yeah. that are like that. It's crazy. Bad news. Oof. Um, so I found this interesting. And actually, to be honest, I was trying to figure out, because he didn't say, he didn't elaborate, but I wanted to get your take on this. Jesse says that he likes to have at least one big challenge a year. Mm. It keeps him honest. What do you suppose he means by that? Well, I know exactly what he means by that. In terms of like what your identity is that he, his, for, I don't, I don't know if it still is, but for a while, his um, handles were the 100-mile man. That's right, yeah. So, obviously, that was a core part of his identity. Now, if you're running 100 miles, it is because it is really hard. That is the only reason <laughs> that you do it. And so, that means a part of his identity is, I do things that are really hard. So, when I think about, for instance, that um, Lisa and I could just retire at any time, never have to work again, ever, 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 even if we lived for a really long time. And so, mm. I don't. Because that would be a devastating change of my identity mm. for what I perceive as the worst. So I want to help people. I want to really impact a lot of lives. And I like to strive. I like to be in pursuit of actuating my potential. That is the thing that sets me on fire. It's a part of my identity. And so if I weren't doing that, then I wouldn't be keeping myself honest. Mm. I, would be, I would still have the identity of somebody who does the hard things. And I'd be like, oh, I built that company that you know so long mm -hmm. ago. And that, that helped a lot of people. And, but... You, you know, what are you doing now? It's like uh, the old Janet Jackson song. I know he used to do nice things for you, <laughs> but, but what, what has he, he done, done for you lately? <laughs> so, like, amazing. What have you, you used to do nice things for yourself, yeah. but what have you done for yourself lately? Yeah. Like, you used to push yourself, you used to do hard things, yeah. but what are you doing now? So, that's definitely what he means by keeping himself honest. Um, and I think that it is good. So, my thing is fasting. So, once a year, I do a three to five day fast. Um, because it sucks. <laughs> and I, you know, look, there are huge health benefits. And so for that reason, I'm also glad I do it. Uh, but the reason that I make sure that I do it every year is that it sucks. Man, I can't do it, but I'm weak and I'm always <laughs> hungry. Um, so, uh, yeah. And lastly, you know, it all comes back to Goggins, uh, how Jesse moved Goggins in and uh, he lived with him for a period of time after seeing what he did uh, at those races. Um, and to me, it, it's nuts. Knowing who Goggins is and knowing who he is now and understanding him, the thought of moving this man in <laughs> with my family 
is absolutely terrifying. But it says a lot about Jesse. You know, he's a curious person. He wants to learn. He wants to understand. Uh, he wants to get creative and resourceful and challenge obstacles. Um, what do you think of that? Would you ever move in someone like Goggins if you met? I mean, I just... Man, I, I would just be... If I was going to, I would have done it, right? <laughs> so as much as I want to say, but I know Goggins, I have his phone number, and I've never moved him in. So um, the just hard truth to that one is no, apparently yeah. I would not. Yeah. I'm not at a point in my life where that seems like the thing that I need to do. But um, that that gives me such massive respect for Jesse. Yeah. And because I got to know Goggins first. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And so knowing Goggins and having researched him and gone that deep and then hearing that this guy moved him into his house for a month? Are you out of your mind? Like, that that's a whole nother level of intensity. So, yeah, I have uh, mad respect yeah, for Jesse. For yeah, that. I absolutely love that. Uh, but yeah, man, Jesse, a very, very interesting person. And like you said, someone you would want to be friends with. Um, I love to see great people do successful things and who are genuinely, uh, you know, uh, have a vision of what they want to do and they want to impact folks. Yeah. Uh, you just, I mean, you see that a lot, but it's great when you come across it firsthand. Um, and that's Jesse for me. So uh, it was great having him here and it's great talking about him. Totally agree, man. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. Much, much, much appreciated it. If you're listening to this on the podcast, if you would go and leave us a review on your podcast app of choice, that would be amazing. Those reviews help more than you know. And if you do watch YouTube videos, for instance, it would be amazing if you went and subscribed there as well. Um, we are breaking ourselves in half to make that extraordinary and something really, really cool. It means the world to us that you're part of this community. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care. Hey everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.